quick announcement next week will not be sheer because hopefully you will all be on the women's trip so next next Sunday there won't be a sheer so make sure yeah try to try to get all your hachanot whatever you need to find out and figure out but we're learning no 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 no, no, no Ukraine <laughs> we're not Okay. Not to the Ukraine. Here. Here. Not Ukraine, not Russia. Here. 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 Okay. Um, so, as we all know, that the, the, someone that, a zar loyavinzot, and a person that's not from our machane, when I say machane, that just means Am Yisrael and people that are in the parsha of Torah won't understand why there could, why there could be such a painful sense of mourning over someone that was ninety four. It's like you know, people. I saw some headlines and people are wondering, what's wrong with you guys? What's so tragic? What's so... so? I was thinking about it in the context of our shir. We were we were learning the last time we learned this was three weeks ago because last week we did for Purim week before I was away and week before we learned this we learned this mimer and the truva. Hopefully we we may be able to even. Finish it today, Bezrat Hashem. Um, also, sorry, before I forget, the learning should be for Rafur Shlema of Anat Bruria Bat Ora. It's a big Rafur Shlema. So, what's, what's so beautiful, it's heartbreaking, but it's beautiful, is that we see this as a tragedy, not for the person, for the tzaddik, that we're not worried about them. There's a heichal, there's a red carpet going into Ganeiden to this, we welcome this tzaddik Ador, be reunited with his father, with his father-in-law, Revel Yashiv, with his, with his Heiliger Rebetzin, meaning it's not, this is not the tragedy isn't what happened to him. The tragedy is, oh, oh boy, oy mehayalano, because there was a person that lived in this world that knew, <clears throat> that knew what an Av and Ben relationship is about. And I think that's a very important thing for us to connect to. When we're discussing these concepts of tshuva, here, there's one more. Does anyone need? There's one more printout. The way we've been understanding this concept of tshuva is that aven ben, aven ben, ima vebat, until it becomes, until my relationship becomes aven ben or ima and bat, I don't really understand what it means to do tshuva. I could know how to stop sinning, but I don't know what it means to do tshuva. And there's a very big difference between the two. So today, what we're going to be doing, doing is, in, in a beautiful way, is the how. So that's great, you told me that, and, I'm, and I buy it. I'm there, I'm with it, I, feel, I know it, it's true. So how? So today's going to be a very, like, lemaisa. Like, this is how you do tshuva shlema. How come no one's smiling here? Right I don't understand. This is, this is how we do tshuva shlema. It's like, this everyone should be, yes, finally. Yes, finally. it's a voter. <laughs> oh, because it's like, oh, what do I have to do? Why not? Why not? So look at the bottom. We're going to go to the bottom of page Mem Aleph. In, in, the, print, in the printouts that you have, it's Ot Yud Chet. And the Sefer, what is it? Mem No. No. Page Memzayin Ot Yudchet. 
page Memzain, Ata. Okay, Ata. Aleinu levarer mahu aderech lagiyah lechuvah shleima. Okay, now let's do a birur. If I, if I am aiming now towards tshuvah shleima, which means both, a combination of not, of stopping to just like do the things that take me away from where I'm supposed to be, and to attain a place that it's an Abba and Ben, Ima and Bat relationship. Let's take a, a deeper look into the koach, the menia, that which drives you, right? The menia is the, is literally the force beneath what drives a person to want to do proper and complete tshuva. Not tshuva chilkit, but tshuva shlema. Tshuva shlema. Katava Rabbeinu Yona. Re over here in this ma'amar is Rabbeinu Yona. That's how we began this, this set of shiurim, based on his sefer Sharei Tshuva. And Rabbeinu Yona, Sharei Tshuva, Shar Aleph Yud Gimel. The levels of tshuva and its exaltedness is in accordance to the bitterness and the sorrow. The bitterness and the sorrow. We're going to explain this in a second. Beautiful Hebrew. This is the tshuva which will come from the way of purification of the soul and the refinement of its wisdom, of its <coughs> mind. Ki hayagon yavo me'et to'ar ha'neshama ha'elyona. This is connecting to what Rav Grossman told us last week and to what uh, I, I recently heard over Purim so many times from people. <coughs> If I only believed one thing I say every single morning, I'd probably be, I'd probably be on a daily track towards Tshuva Shlema. If I believed really only one thing that I said every single morning. What's that one thing? Something else? What's that? I mean, those are all obviously true, but in this context, based on what he just said this second over here, in this, in this line, if I believed the Lokai Nishama Shanatatabi Tehorahi, the way that I approach everything about my life is, is in line with tshuva. If I believe that, if that's really something that when I, when I greet every single morning, that's as real as holding the stapler, then what opens up for me? He says over here, On the one hand, the more painful life will become, because when I'll realize... If if the soul that I carry within me is tahor, then how, why, and how could I ever do anything, anything, to mess around with that? Why would I? How could I ever mess around with that state of being? That my I have there's a piece of Hashem in me, and it's tahor So the pain that I begin to experience is what in my life am I doing? That kind of blocks that my, that access, and that being a playing a real role in my life. This is very very so it's it's wonderful if I believe in it, but wow until I until I go through it the mamash the 
זה ממש לא פשוט. יפה. Yeah, not granted. You chose to give it to me. תאורי. נכון, why would I tamper with it? How could I ever tamper with it? You know that day, that first day when someone, your daughter or your son comes home and they said, Mommy, what does this mean? And they say a four-letter word and you're like, the, the world ends? So, like, what would you do, what would you do if you could prevent that from happening? Like, what would you do to another person, to that person that came and contaminated your child with such a word or such a concept, right? You'd shech them. You'd shech them. You'll think about it afterwards if you're chayav or not. You'd shech that person. You don't stop going into... I mean, some parents go into this place, no, it's good, let's, you know... It's a, it's a crazy world, they have to be rough when they're young, because that, that way they'll... You, you do anything to... So, kal v'chomer, if that's true about the way you would do that to someone else, when... And what on earth is getting in the place, in the space of that statement being something that I live with all day long? I realized over Purim that if you say hifoku incorrectly, like that's what comes out. So like you could say like that, they meant to say hifoku. Because <laughs> 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 I came, came out wrong one time and someone said, well, why don't you say Only because like, oh. it's like a few days after Purim, I'm like... <laughs> I'm going to let that one slip and go right back into, into the inside. Three lines from the bottom. Muvuar bidvarav. Shetshuva amitit efshay laasot rak kasher hameniya letshuva hi haneshama ha'elyona. This is so beautiful. This is so beautiful. Wow. He said that real tshuva can only be done when the meniya, when the drive for tshuva is not, okay, I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure I don't rot in hell. That, that can't be, the, that's not the real drive of tshuva. The real drive of tshuva is, and I'm thinking about the neshama ha'elyona, my supreme soul. That's what I'm thinking about when I wake up in the morning and I do what I got to do with it today. This is really the force, he says, beneath like real, real tshuva, a life of living tshuva. Like, while I'm down here, you, like, put it like this. Anyone, I, I don't know if Reb Chaim Kanievsky is a woman. I think they stood outside the, they, they were in the apartment, but not inside the room where he saw people. But if you were ever in his room, and I was there, had the privilege of being there, this is not a person that had any shaykhus to his body. This didn't. It, it wasn't, he, he lived, his apartment was not exaggerating. His apartment was as big as the kitchen and the dining room. Maybe. Maybe a bit more of the study over here. Tiny. If you saw his Seder of Limud, it's just not to be believed how much he would learn every single day and how excited he would get during leap years. <laughs> he got so excited during leap years. They talk about his simcha during leap years. Because I have this extra time now to, to be mashling sedras. It's say, right? So if the, if the drive of our lives of tshuva is not life will be better if I do things better, it's that my drive is, I have an, I'm a walking piece, there's an, I really do have neshama. Like he says, What does this mean? What does it mean that we feel close to Hashem? It means you're in touch with your soul. 
that you actually feel your soul. And not only when we're singing a nigun on Friday night in shul and everyone's on fire. Day to day. That I actually have an experience with my neshama every single day. As hard as it is. But there's actually moments that I actually feel my neshama. He's saying, Zeh, throw away all other like, explanations of what it means to be close to Hashem. Feeling your neshama means closeness to Hashem. Because this is this is the one that this is one that recognizes its creator, and it senses its love to it. What we have to try to do is see how do we how do we create a situation that the higher soul. Now, I don't want to get into lower soul and higher soul now. Just think of soul. How could the soul wake us up? I want to wake up in this world. I want to mamish be alive. I want to be awake. But some things that wake me up are not necessarily things that lead me to the same place. Sometimes I, I get woken up by, I don't know, fear can wake me up or I don't know. What else could wake us up that, we're, that, that it doesn't fall under this? What else Your baby. <laughs> I mean, mamish be woken up. What do you think? What else could it be? Tragedy. Huh? Yeah, that's usually what we... Never Tragedy. excitement. Was it? Like excitement for something non-spiritual. Also. Excitement? That could, yeah, that, does, that wakes me up, but it's not waking me up the way that he's oh, talking exactly. the phone. I think more... I was watching, you know, Bibi Netanyahu was by Reb Chaim's body last night at two in the morning. And I saw a video of him looking at Reb Chaim Kanievsky. And I was wondering, wow... Like, I know, obviously, the photo ops, and of course, En Malasot, Bibi was chosen at a certain point in this world to do a lot of things for Am Yisrael, and of course, they're smothered in politics. And En Malasot, that's his tikkun, it seems. But I was thinking, like, for a few seconds, when I was watching him looking at Reb Chaim's body under a talis on the floor, did the whole, like, neshama aspect start to, you know do something, like, you know, was there any neshama kind of, like, awakening that was happening at that moment? Because, you know, I have, I've shared this with you before many times that I have, Bibi's son-in-law is an old, old buddy of mine, and I've asked him, said, did, did, not is he firm or not firm, does he believe in, does he believe in Hashem? I always wanted to know if he, his, daughter, if, his oldest daughter's husband, his oldest daughter's husband, I always wanted to know, like, does he believe in Hashem or not? Right? Well, when he was, in politics, Hashem was in control of him. Now, it's the him. He's not going there for the photo op to get back into politics. He's there because uh, there was something sort of again. Soul has to be. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Let's continue. I, I realize every time I'm opening my mouth about things, about the, no, it opens the petach for like I really just want to. It's my fault. I, I'm just, but I did think that I did think about the neshama aspect when he was looking at Reb Chaim. We are composed of both a soul and a body, but it's the body that hides, it covers up the soul. So if a person would like to reveal their soul, what do they have to do? I have to remove the mechitza. The mechitza of what? What the body does. So how do you do this? Great. I want to remove the mechitza 
between my soul and my body. Now, first of all, you don't have to raise your hand or say anything. Just think to yourselves, people in your lives currently on a day-to-day basis or certain figures that you've seen, that you could see that it happens to be they have a body. You know what I mean? But really, it's a, it's a walking soul. It just there happens to be to have a body. Right? I've shared with you, I've, you know, I've Baruch Hashem been privileged to mamish see this. When I, when I, the first time I saw Rav Yaakov Meir Shechter, I couldn't believe I was looking at a human being. I couldn't believe I was looking at a human being. Anyone that's seen the Amshin of a Rebbe, this is not things from this world. Anyone that met Rebbe Tzermachlis, Zechir Tzadik Kodesh Levracha, I had this chus of being with her one time in a very interesting situation, that, which had to do with something with her family in a hospital. It was the Erev Shabbos, and her Simcha, while... You know, when she should have been re- could have been really, really much in pain, you realize she's connecting to... She, she was an, another figure. I don't, did any of you ever meet her? Rebetz and Machlis? Yeah. Ever, any of you read the book? Yeah. yeah. She was something, something else. When I'm by Ravitsa Ginsburg, there's not a... I don't know who's... I don't know what I'm looking at. I have no idea. I don't know what I'm looking at. This is not a... It happens to be there's a beard and a body and a hat and... A, Be'emet, be'emet, I'm looking at someone. And then, it, and then it makes you start to like look at yourself differently too, but, you know, in a certain way. It's all very beautiful, but you're talking about like high, high gedolim. You're not talking about an average Jewish male walking down the streets. Not everyone could, uh-huh. everyone wants to be chabelz, but not everyone can reach at Gnekach levels. So on a regular average human level, how do we get there? Not a... Echosim zot. Yesh lekach... Although I don't believe in anything you just said right now. Mm-hmm. At all. But it's, what I'm hearing from what you're mm-hmm. saying is that by looking at, at those tzaddikim, it wakes something up inside of you. For sure. It definitely aspires and inspires. But. Yeah, but you said that not everyone can get there, and I don't believe in... That's a sheker. That No, no, no. That's the basis of Yadut. The basis of Yadut is that that cannot be true. If even if I don't feel, but the basis of our emuna is that en davar haomed bifnei haratzon. Nothing. En davar haomed map other En davar haomed bifnei haratzon. Nothing stands in the ratzon. If something that I want, and I go, nothing stands in the way of the ratzon. There are people that physically suffer and suffer and suffer and suffer. And yet their experience of being in this world, Nalachon, it's very, very high. Their experience of being in this world is not the way that we would understand a person that's suffering. And everyone should have a refuah shlema. But, but he basically said, How do I, He's not talking to tzaddikim over here, Daniela. He's saying, Normal people. Not, I didn't say normal. Average, <laughs> I don't know what the right word is. Us reading this sheer. Us reading this sheer. Echosinzot. Yes, we touched upon this about two months ago. There's a madrega that we have to make a kinyan on. 
What is it called? Busha. Now, not busha the way that we normally uh, understand it. You should be ashamed of yourself. It's not that. Busha comes from the mo- when I have a moment of like, just a shtickle, a little bit of an awareness of I'm standing before the Melech Malchem Lachim, the king of the universe. Like, busha over here is more like, Kama, Anachnu Ktanim. So small, so little. So, he says, but in order to realize, in order to tap into Busha, there's a word he said over here that wrestlers should be dancing in the streets right now that he brings this word. What's, what word did he say? Ritz Boded. So look what he says over here. He actually gave three etzot how to get to the neshama. Skip. Aleph, lehit Boded. לחשוב בגדלות השם, לזכור תמיד כי השם רואה מעשיו ובוחן כליותיו, וצופה במחשבותיו. So the first thing is to להית בודד. We're going to understand that in his style today. The second thing is לחשוב בגדלות השם. Wow. Walking around all day long just being, wow. It's so much bigger than whatever I think. And then you get to the next level of Hasaga, and it's even bigger than that. And it's even bigger than that. And it's even bigger than that. Getting out of your own shell. And it's even bigger than that. Gimel, to remember that every single second, the Ribbono Sholam sees what you do. He knows what you're going to think. And, en shum davar There's nothing hidden from the Ribbono Sholam. Nothing. What you do in a closed room, what you do outside a, in an open room, what you say in public, what you think in your heart. If God is God, everything that's happening is, is right. So you could know that to be a truth, but to think about that. A few times a day to actually just think about it. Now the beautiful thing is that if you learn this without chassidus, this is when it gets very depressing and very heavy and very sad. So therefore I feel these kind of learnings has to be meluveh, it has to be escorted with all the Torahs we see about what a privilege it is to think like this, and not, oh my God, Hashem Yishmar, I'm doomed. Because no one wants that, no one gets up from that. So this is three Eitzas, and he's going to explain what the three Eitzas are. Jenny, you had your hand up before. I mean, I'm not sure if it's the right kind of reference anymore, based on what you just said, but like, when you said, have you ever met someone that makes you feel like you're in a Neshama, and it, it takes this, humbling yourself. Like the fact that you were able to recognize in that room that she was able to achieve this joy, like to recognize other people's greatness in order to make yourself feel small. I mean, Alibi was supposed to say it's from Hashem, but if that seems too big, it seems like we can do it with for sure, for sure. Torah and great tzaddikim, like, you know, um, that, that on that level. Like, He's going to explain a little bit more thoroughly what, you, what you're bringing up, but when, when I mean being small, it's not like, oh my God, I'm a nobody. It's just like, no. it's just so much bigger than me. Look how great they look are. How great they are. Right. Not look how small I am, necessarily, right. but focusing on look how big they are, look how great they I are. I think then you can tap into it more, if you're, as opposed to just going into a room and getting overwhelmed with all the details of life. Now what happens if after a while of thinking, look how big they are, you find out something about them, and you're like, oh my God. Look how small they are. <laughs> it happens to people. It's a, it's a bubble pop. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, hap- it happens. I think it's happened to every person in this room. Mamash. It, 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 can, it can crush us. And that's why at a certain point, that recognizing of how small I am cannot only be dependent on how I am with other people. It has to be with the... It, exactly. That can only work to a certain extent because it is possible that great people... I was on the... Who was I talking to that said this to me? Oh, this is, wow, this is an amazing thing. Hanan Ben Ari told me something, such a deep thing. He said he's scared to meet all these people um, that he grew up uh, idolizing. He said, why? He said, because he met a few of them when he first started getting famous and he, he, he couldn't deal with life because it wasn't bichlal the way that he, they weren't, you know, behind the, uh, you know, off camera, they weren't at all what they made him feel, right? So he's like, he doesn't want to go anywhere. One time I called Chaim David years ago, I was on my way to see a certain Rebbe, and I said, to, I thought he'd be so excited to come with me. He's like, yeah, it's not, not, it's not really my thing, like Rebbe happening. And I was like, well, how could that be? He's like, and then, I, and then afterwards I had a really deep sikha with him about this, and he's like, because sometimes, like we, well, at a certain point, when you feel burned, you want to get that sense of smallness, not, not because another person brought it out of you, it's just based on what you brought up. You really want it before the, before the one, before the only one. And it's a, it, it, it causes two different types of awakenings. But well, let's see. Huh? That's why we don't worship Moshe Rabbeinu the way that other religions worship Nachon, Nachon, Nachon. We don't have a we don't idolize people. Well, hopefully, no, we, we put them, we, we learn as much as we can, and I'm, I'm talking about uh-huh. Midot, that Hashem is, you know what I mean, within an individual. So it's going to be in an instant, in a moment, and you want to throw out the whole thing with the bathwater. It's the Midot of Hashem's Chesed in the living being that you recognize. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Let's see how he develops these three things. Aleph. So we're on Ot Chaf now, okay? Hitbodedut. Haneshama, this is really interesting. How he explained Hitbodedut is very interesting. I'm really happy we got a chance to learn this. It's very interesting. Hitbodet or Hitbodedut? Hitbodedut, same thing. Same thing. Hitbodedut. Haneshama bechinata kol dbama daka. So kol dbama, what's kol dbama daka? Small voice. A still Still voice, voice. Like a... Like, when do we say this, these words? The shofar plays both roles. It can, it, it can, it's loud as God knows what. And it's also called Mama Dakai Shama. We always say, and when we do this in Rosh Hashanah Kippur, you, whisper, you know, you go whispering it. So listen what he says. The neshama's aspect is called mamadaka, a silent voice, a silent sound. Kochot haguf veretzonotav chazakim him umurugashim ba'adam chazak. The powers and strengths of the body and the body's ratzon, oh boy, are they, you, they're loud. They're loud. You hear them. You feel them. Ulam amok But the soul's sense, the soul's koyach is deep in the inside of a person. Kol zman 
כוחות הגוף פועלים וערים אצל האדם, as long as these outer כוחות, the כוחות of the body are, are working and they're awakening per, the person, that's what causes the person to, be, to feel alive, to feel awakened. אין הוא יכול להגיע להרגשת הנשמה הפנימית שבתוכו. You cannot get to the, this inner place that's inside of you. You know, sometimes people, when, when, I, when I meet with them after trauma, so they'll say to me, I just feel for so long static. I hear, it's like I could hear static, and then they'll say, but then I met Rabbi Nachman, and then I feel like someone finally took, turned the knob to a station that was just like, breathing or something. Like we have so much static and it's so loud sometimes. Saying our lives are so loud because the body is so loud. Even though the body is so not as real and, or eternal in comparison to the neshama, the body, and you, you, you know this very good from breathing, the body, it, because of everything it needs, it creates so much more of a, look who's running the show because that's what you hear. But really that's not what you want. That's not what you want to be leading your, 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 your avodah in this world. But the thing is, is that the machitza is caused by the volume. The volume of the body is so loud. And the volume of the neshama is not loud at all. At all, at all, at all. In your havaya in olam hazeh, in your experience of being in this world. It's loud. Is it, from the body, is very, it's from the body. From the neshama, you experience the volume very differently. He says, in comparison to the volume of the body, the, the loudness of the body, yeah, it's a different ballgame. Can I ask something? Um, um, someone I know, um, there was like a failed suicide attempt. <clears throat> and apparently, I mean, after this had happened, he went to such shock that he couldn't speak. Meaning, like, mm. he actually couldn't speak. And it's interesting... It's like, I feel like connected to this idea, where, and it's a psychological phenomenon, like when there's such a deep trauma, you can't, mm-hmm. you can't speak, and it's as if the soul is so loud, in a sense, you know, like... Rabbi Nachman has a phrase for, for this place where the, where the crying is so loud, but the neshama doesn't, it's not loud like the body's loud, he calls it, zakat mama, which means the silent scream. Mm-hmm. At a certain point in our lives, in our spiritual journey, you, 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 you don't understand, like, why can't you even find the words for what you're going through? It's because it's your soul that's screaming. And the soul that screams is not like when the body's in pain that's screaming. When a soul is in pain and it wants to scream, it's screaming. But you have to have a lot of silence in order to hear the screaming of the soul. But isn't it a paradox? Because the shofar wakes up the neshama. Nachon. And the shofar plays a, a specific role. That's a very ruchni thing, even though it's through a very physical thing, but it's a very specific thing, dafka with the shofar. Okay, let's continue. We have five lines. V'lachen, im adam rotze l'agia l'nishmato, shoma alav l'avi t'atzmo l'matzav shel kol d'mama daka. If you want to feel your soul, if you want to hear your soul, if you want to be inside, you have to bring yourself to a place of kol d'mama daka. Kol pnimi, velo kol chitzoni, an inner voice, not an outer voice. Ve'atzad arishon lezeh, hu hitbodedut. So he says that what hitbodedut does is that it lowers the volume from all the rash, all the rash of this world, and all the rash of mitzad ar guf, 
it lowers the volume of that. Or it finds the balance and the harmony so that it's not a distracting sound. So. That could be too. He's saying it lowers the volume, meaning that that'll be a result, Be'ezrat Hashem. But with the first shlav of like, okay, what am I sitting here for? I'm sitting here to change, the, I, I got to change this. The, 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 it's okay. Let, let's, it's not sitting well with a lot of people. That's why we're here. It's okay. I mean, it's not okay. Everything should sit well with you, but you know what I mean. Let's continue. הצעד הראשון לזו התבודדות, בדרך זו נהגו רבים מגדולי הדורות, ובמיוחד בדור שלפנינו, נהג כן מרן בר, ה... Who is big on these boydidus? What do you think this is? That's right. <laughs> I know, everyone's thinking like, you know, no, it can't be. No, it can't be. It can't be. It can't be. Ah... <laughs> So what is so look and listen to this. Bimyuchad, it's good value. Bador shelefanim naaken maran ba lachafetz chaim zechitzal kolish livracha. Darko haitalit boded keshatayim beyom. He would do his baridus for two hours every single day. Who? You heard it. The chafetz chaim, Rabbi Yisrael, Mayor Hakohen of Radin. Which chassidus did he belong to? It's called Hashem. It's called Avodat Hashem. En kavanatenu, he's like, okay, now don't get too excited. En kavanatenu le'amlitz, le'kol echad la'asot zot sh'atayim b'yom. Don't think we're telling you to do two hours a day. Ulam ha'chafetz chayim la'atzmo kach nahag, but he did this for himself. B'sha'a sh'adam mitbodet, yesh lo sheket p'nimi. When a person is mitbodet, he has inner quiet. Inner quiet. Al-yedek kach yoter kal le'agiyah le'neshama. And for this, it's easier to get to the neshama. Hu yotze mehaguf mikol rash gadol, la neshama lekol mamadaka. You actually exit a place, and you enter into another place. Ulam nitzrach, shezman haitbonenut, lo yeh belachat shel zman. The thing is like this. He spoiled this, can actually end up being the most stressful time. If you go in there with... Very, you know, time limits and expectations. Like Rabbi Nachman used to say, that if you go into his bodhidus with the, with the intention that you're going to end up in tears, even if you end up crying, it's not what he meant. Because it cannot be something that's pre, you know, that, that can't be it either. It has to be a mahalach tiv'i me'od shel nefesh. It has to be a very natural process of the soul. So what he's saying over here, and again, this is not the way that it's explained everywhere. There's also one thing here that I'm having a little bit of a struggle with, but I, I want to learn from him instead of, you know, I, I want to see how he's saying this. That when a person is mitbodet, that he has this inner quiet, it takes time. Because in the beginning, it's not quiet. Actually, when you first begin to hear what's, what's going on inside, it's louder than anything you've ever experienced. I, I, literally, like, it's not, not the kind of like with the garbage truck loud, but when you start to hear actually what's inside and what you've been neglecting and what you've been realizing, this is what I've been like bearing beneath and low and I thought all these other things were the real sounds of life. I mean, does anyone feel peaceful after listening to Sound of Silence of Paul Simon? That's not as quiet. It's like, it's a very much not a quiet song for the neshama if you think about it. 
And I give myself a heter to quote from him in the Shirim because Rav Weinberger does. <laughs> <laughs> and what did he used to quote a lot? Man hears what he wants to hear and disregards the rest. That's a very deep tyra. But even in the sounds of silence, he's like, the, you know, hello, darkness, my old friend. Hmm, sound of silence. Yeah, they're, taking yeah. the, they're just using the word for something else. It's not really about commission. It's their interpretation. Bevadai. I'm saying. A hundred percent. I know, I know. A hundred percent. Okay, so he says over here, on the top of the paragraph, Ulam again, if you're not calm and subtle, when you're on a clock, when you're on a clock, and your hispodidus is basically okay, it's on a clock, those sounds of this world's loudness start, start playing at you again. And the time that you had designated to actually understand what's, what's lying beneath doesn't really have its space to manifest. It's like, obviously, this is everything Rabbi Nachman says, he just won't say it's Rabbi Nachman, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He has his own reasons. I, probably because he's reaching a whole new world of people that in their circles, Rabbi Nachman is still treif, could be. And the Rabbi Nachman already gave Rishut that you could say what he says in any way, shape, or form without the need to quote him. As long as it's within the framework of halacha and it's to bring people close to Hashem, mm-hmm. I would think so. Hashket hasvivati noten roga pnimi. So that's a very beautiful way of understanding everything you just said right now. That what brings us inner calm, the quiet that's around us. So the quiet. Building like a little sort of forest grove for us to come and do hikurim. You are. <laughs> Although you know that there's this call, I think I shared with you once, there's this, uh, our friend Svi Kramer, who lives in Beitar, so he's part of what's called the Kolel Chatzot. They, I think they, their Kolel is, it's all night. It's always, I don't know, it starts at 11 or something, and they learn throughout the night. And they have, he's pointed to his booths. I've, I've been there with Yossi. I was there before. I was there with Jerry. It's, it's, this is crazy. They have like these little... In the woods, of, it's kind of in the, not really in the woods, but it's kind of like away from everything just for a bit. And there's three or four tiny little huts. And when you go in, you turn on some kind of button. Like in a, when you're on an airplane, like when you go like that, then that bathroom, then it's a red. So they have this kind of similar thing here. Like don't even knock. You see, look if there's a light on on top. Don't even knock and bother the person in what they're doing. And they go in as, as long as they need. I don't know if it's soundproof. I hope it's soundproof because you probably end up, you know, <laughs> very loud places at a certain point with screams and stuff. But it's so. It's like a confessional yeah. to Hashem. <laughs> yeah, not like it is. It, it, it is. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. Maya se adam bismanik So, what should a person do with this time? Remember, this is an order. To do tshuva shlema. This is what he's doing. This is what he's saying to us. This is Eitzah number one in order to, to live a life of tshuva. To live it. That my life, my world, everything about my life is connected somehow to living on the path of tshuva. So what should a person do during this time? So Rabbi Yonah Yonah says, Lachshov bigdulat Hashem. Think about how large Hashem is. 
Namilim Eluhim Klaliim Nishtadele Portam. Let's try to understand. This is a very, it's a very big concept. Think how big Hashem is. Where do you start with thinking how big Hashem is, right? You know, the first thing that a person has to do is, this whole world existed before I was ever even a thought. And this scares us even more. It will be even after we're but a thought, right? Like, what, 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 does, what happens to us when we think about that statement of reality that's been true about every single human being that was ever born? <laughs> it's an amazing thing. So he says, that, start from there for a second. You're a mukbal. Usually we look at kids that have some, you know, some illnesses, like mental illnesses. Oh, right? But it's such, a, it's such a horrible, I don't like that phrase, only because like everyone's here mugbal to a certain extent. Each of us have mugbalut, meaning limitations. So he's saying over here, first, think for a second, you're a nivra that's mugbal. You're the creation, you are a creation who's limited. Why? Because you're not God. There's a piece of God in you, but you're not God. Who's not limited? Look around yourself. Wow. I could never do this. Someone told me recently they became from by going to the beach. I said, I never heard that one before. They said, yeah. They were so drawn to the beauty of the waters meeting the sand that it just, they realized there's there's no possible way for any type of human um, interpretation of beauty that could have led to such a, such a thing. And they started their journey back to Hashem through just noticing the beauty of a beach. It's amazing. Then after you look at the beauty that's around you, you realize, I'm just looking at a tiny piece of the beautiful world. There's so much more beauty that exists in the world that I don't see in front of me. This world is so much larger than what my eyes are seeing. Then, like, you know what? I could go to every single place in the world, but that would only be this world. There are all these other worlds, olamot elyonim, that are not even, I don't even have access to. So the amount of beauty that I'm actually exposed to and have access to is so tiny. It's, it's so tiny. It's just to put things into perspective. You know, this exercise of, of understanding that, like taking, taking into account how limited my exposure is to the beautiful things in the world is meant to bring us eventually to what he calls hitpa'alut nafshit amuka. I don't know how you say hitpa'alut nafshit. No, that's with an aleph. Sorry, hitpa'alut with an ayin. Astonishment. Astonishment, that's, yeah. A, a, a sincere, soulful astonishment, like, oh my God, hitpa'alut, Wow. And then after you do that, then look in the mirror. <laughs> Meaning then go back to yourself. 
אחר כך יתבונן על עצמו. כמה הוא קטן ביחס לקדוש ברוך הוא. כמה גודלו, כמה כוחו, עד אשר ירגיש את רמות השם לעומת שפלות וקטנות עצמו. You know, the Balatanya says this, ממש, just in different words, but this is what he talks about looking at the world through פנימי יוסלב וחיצוני יוסלב. Balatanya ממש says this, that when I take moments, set moments in my day to get out of my own head and realize that the world is so much bigger than what I'm seeing or experiencing right now, it may not change the things that are actually happening in your life, but it does change your perspective. In your reality. I was having a discussion with a friend who, Baruch Hashem, has a beautiful family and the, the beautiful children, and the, 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 he's struggling. He's struggling with certain things. And he keeps on, you know, the only thing that got him out of his, it continues to get him out of his own misery is that he's aware that his children may be experiencing a little bit of his pain, But there's so many other beautiful things that are, they're, they're, his children are seeing and that they're experiencing in this world. And they're not fully consumed in whatever he's going through. So the second he was able to get out of his own head and realize, even the people that were closest to, they're experiencing things that are just greater than only what I do, what I do. The world's bigger. Soul blown. Hashtag soul blown. התפעלות נפשית עמוקה, it seems that's what it means, but להתפעלות נפשית עמוקה. לאחר מכן יתבונן שכל קטנותו היא מצד הגוף. Then you realize when you say you're small, what are you referring to when you're saying you're small? Your limitations, your body, your physicality is very, very small. אבל יש בו נשמה אלוקית והיא חלק אלוקה ממר. But there's this piece of the infinite and the unlimited that I'm also working with. I'm just not that, I'm just not touching it too much. This thing cannot be small at all. This thing is, this thing is big. Whoa, is it big. And then this person will sense that their desire to actually be in touch with their neshama. And to go out of our katnut, of our small-mindedness, and I can connect to something that never ends. In this manner, slowly, slowly, he will arouse the passion to, to, to basically discover his own neshama. This is what the Piyasetz Nerebbe is writing. throughout this svarim called Gilui HaNefesh. Like what we're here, this is what we're deep right now in the Chaburah with the men. What we're here to do, call it tshuva, call it whatever you want, it's like, let me get acquainted with who I really am and what lasts forever. What would you rather be acquainted with? That which is like a passing shade? Or are you want to be acquainted? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, go we're, for it. We're meant to, like, we're... we're The goal of life in Judaism is not to, to it's not to separate. It's not to separate. We're Dafka in a physical world. A neshama can't shake a lulav. A neshama cannot build a sukkah. A neshama cannot give me shloach manot. Mm-hmm. We are in this world, in a physical world, in order to elevate it. And like, 
all my work with people who are tra with trauma and, and the disassociation that happens and the, the disease that happens when we, when we really experience that, that disassociation of the neshama and the body, like I've spent a, a, a nice chunk of my lifetime in that disassociation, it does not, it is not healthy, it is not good. And it, I, my understanding and like my life's work is, is all about helping people live as an neshama in a physical body and we're meant to elevate the physical body. So like, this is just not sitting well with me that there's such an emphasis on, on forget about the physical body. What happens when we actually tune in and are, and are able to listen to the wisdom of, of what the body is communicating? Yes, the goal is always to be connecting to the neshama, but, but through the physical, and I, and I don't see that at all here. Maybe that's a woman's perspective and we're much more connected to our, 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 our bodies, and, and, but it's, it's just, this is not sitting well with me. That's because we've only learned a few seconds. Okay. You haven't given <laughs> him a chance to bring harmony between the two. The next page it says Ariella is always right. Any tzaddik in the world that we can learn from, that we can take something from, is going to f always have to find the deep understanding of the point of a body, not the trampling of the body. Our sheifa, especially with learning this, is not to ignore the body. It's to find access to, to the soul. So but the he's... Body. Huh? So you can use the body exactly. properly. If yeah, you yeah, couldn't... If you can't use the body properly, if you can't uh, control what you're looking at, what you're hearing, if you can't... In deeper. And there's a difference between trauma and not having your free the last three-letter word you said? Yeah. Yes. It's just like yes. write the word yet on the bottom of that page. <laughs> you're using your frame of reference as trauma, where someone separates because they, they had to protect themselves out of fear, not yira. This is through yira, chesed, as opposed to, you know what I mean? There's, there's a big difference. It's very, very important with stuff like this that obviously they, they, it's, it's a very holy trigger. It's not, a, it's not an unholy, it's, it's a very holy trigger. But it's also very, very important to always remember that Baruch Hashem, we're not here to solve things on a, in a one-sheer basis or in a one-paragraph basis. And it's stuff where Baruch Hashem should struggle with because that's the only way it's going to really sink in. The only way our learning will really sink in is if it's, it's like a tug war. You know, it's, like a, it's back and forth, back and forth. What, so far, if I had to choose to be a representative of the shita of a Rav who every single thing he's told, he's told us until now has helped us build a mishkan in our body, right, in our hearts, but through, in the heart, that is, a heart is a physical thing, that shochen betocha adam, I would probably say exactly what we said before, is that it's okay that for a few minutes, while you're learning on a Sunday morning, that the, for a few minutes, let's put all the focus just on soul for a few minutes. Because Mimela, 
If you don't eat, you're not going to have koyach to continue learning. If you don't sleep, you're not going to have koyach to be a good parent. We know all those things already. I don't need anyone to come and tell me that. I know that's the way Hashem created the world. What I forget, though, is that it's possible, and I keep on looking at you, is that it's possible <coughs> to figure out a new dimension within myself that wants access to the neshama in a way that is, I haven't experienced yet in, yet in my life. I also haven't experienced it yet in my life. But these things take time, especially we haven't, this is like these Torahs are very, we need a lot, a lot of patience with these teachings. But there's no inyan here of, let's say, the Torah of suppression of the body. It's just, I need to hear. And yes, Ariela, there are things about body I do need to suppress. One million percent, there are aspects. Because if they are overshadowing, if they are basically not allowing me to hear my neshama, one million percent, there are physical aspects in my life that need to be suppressed completely. And that's not... The Rav speaking, a doctor with anyone that's in, in a deeper sense in the world of medicine today would say the same thing. But the, the, I think like what you're, what you're is such a, it's an amazing thing. It's a bitui, it's, it's an expression, at least, at least the way I'm, I'm, I'm understanding it, of we've, we've lived in a world where for so long the language of suppressing the, soul, the body led a lot of people to not being able to figure out how in the world can I do anything in this world, you know? And it's also, it's also that there is communication of the body that is, I mean... What's working through what? Body through soul or soul through body? I mean, the soul is working through the body, but the body is What's communicating the point? tremendous wisdom about the neshama, and... It, it, it could. How do I hear what, the, even, the, what even the body is telling me? I think it's a huge, huge disservice that we're not, whatever, we'll, we'll continue talking. Amen, for many more years, but I, but I just wanted to, I'm a Kohen, I get to have the last word. The last <laughs> thing over here, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Of course the body has tremendous wisdom to teach us, but even the way, the ability for me to hear the body has to have the sensitivity of the neshama. Absolutely. It's dependent on each other, but the body is very temporary. Reb Chaim Kanievsky's body is going into a ground this hour, next hour. The body is going into a ground. The soul hasn't even begun, hasn't even begun to go into the nishma sa'uma, the way it's going to be going now that it's not limited anymore by physicality. So it's, it's, again, the point of, of what we were doing. We, we didn't get to finish it today. We'll get to finish it. Bezrat Hashem next week. Um, the point, uh, sorry, in two weeks, the point of what we're, the point of this piece is a very clear one. Is, again, like he said before, Aleinu levarer ma'u haderech le'agia le'tshuva shlema. What's the way to get to a place called tshuva shlema? To a sense, to a feeling that it's an Abba and, Abba and uh, you know, Ima and Abba, son and daughter relationship. And he's giving us etzot, 
to go to that place of, I sense this is my Abba, this is my Ima, and they only, only, only want me to feel close to them more than anything else in the world. And that's what we'll continue doing, Bezrat Hashem, in two weeks. But this week we'll learn on Thursday morning also, Bezrat Hashem.